If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our tubes to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. This November 19th, 20th, and 21st, come on down to Bulldog Event Center for the inaugural Manitoba Loud Music Awards. It's Manitoba's first award show recognizing the local talents of loud genres. All nominations and awards are voted by you, the fans, not a self-appointed panel of judges. Don't miss live performances by Dammit Jim, Seventh String, Silverwater, and many more, including a special reunion set from Inflicted. Tickets are on sale now, so get them while they last at loudawards.com. That's the Manitoba Loud Music Awards, November 19th, 20th, 21st at the Bulldog Event Center. If you miss out, you'll probably still hear it. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, one of the things that listeners to the show are familiar with is that uh, I try my best to talk to pretty much exclusively Manitoba artists and, and from Winnipeg and from outside the city limits. But I've also been uh, trying to reach out and talk to people who are part of what I consider to be the Manitoba diaspora, like people who are from here, who have gone off to all different corners of the world uh, to, to do what they do. And the guest on this episode is someone who is very familiar, I think, to most Winnipeggers and is someone who seems to be doing a lot of stuff. And I definitely want to talk to you about Winnipeg, but before we even get into that, um, you seem to be one of the most uh, active people that I've seen that I follow on social media anyway, in terms of just doing stuff. Like you have the music thing, you're writing books, you're doing podcasting, you're doing activism. It just seems like, um, how do you have time to do all of this stuff? (laughs) That's very generous of you to say, you know what, honestly, there is never enough hours in the day but any working mother will tell you the same thing. Sure. There's, there's not enough hours in the day. I wish that I could do, you know, I wish I could develop my podcast uh, more. I wish I had more time to do it. I wish I could finish my book that's in progress. Um, that seems to take years because it's uh, probably smarter than I actually am. And so <laughs> I have to do a lot of research and, and it's clinically very um, time consuming. It takes a lot of focus, which I don't have as a Gen X kid. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, mm. as much as I have all these ambitious things on the go, they're all, they all take forever and ever. Cause I can only do one thing at a time. And right now it's on tour, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you're back now on tour after, well, I guess a, at least a year and a half of not being able to do that. Right. So what, what was that time like for you? Well, you know, I think for all bands, it's the same. Everyone's kind of had to wait. Uh, the tour we're currently on with Buck Cherry, an American band that we love, um, has been postponed three times. So this is like, you know, um, a long time in the making. And um, we're excited to, to finally be doing this. 
Uh, but it still is a daunting time in our history, just in our public health history. Like, you know, there's a lot of bands that I know and love and respect. They've all canceled their tours. Yeah. Uh, some of them due to, you know, a band or crew member getting Delta. And some of them due to wanting to be uh, proactively, prophylactically thinking and, um, and just not put anyone in harm's way. And I have a lot of respect for them to do that, too. But not us. We're yeah. out here. <laughs> double vaxxed and uh, and really having a having a wonderful time what do you think um your audiences are, are are feeling being able to see you live now i'm sure they're they're happy like i went to my first show in years on the weekend and it was Where'd great I, I saw propaganda at the uh, park Theater. i was gonna say yeah. come on you didn't go to the park yeah, yeah. i went to the park amazing. Pro- it, it was phenomenal was it-, it was phenomenal amazing amazing was mobina galore on the show they were great also yeah then- amazing amazing oh my god i wish i could have been there with you i would have gone too yeah it was great but it, it was yeah. weird right because it was you know everyone's masked which is perfect and everyone's vaccinated but there was still kind of a sense of like this is fantastic we're back at a show but everyone was nervous or i i felt nervous at least i see i see yeah it really depends like we played in the summer in saskatoon exhibition and they had a full mosh pit yeah they had a full mosh pit like nothing happened and we were horrified we were like it was like watching a car crash um and and really it should have been something that for us as artists was rewarding you know that's the highest compliment for sure you know and however we were like um 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 no 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 don't don't you like don't feel obligated to do that you don't have to do that for us we're just happy to be here um so yeah i would be nervous too uh, my sister was supposed to come to my show this coming weekend. And because we have been playing shows in Saskatchewan and Alberta, she's very hesitant. She sure. doesn't want to, she doesn't want to come. Yeah. And I can't blame her. You know, my mom who's 83 usually comes to sound check uh, to see me every time I play. Uh, she doesn't stay to the sh- at the show, but she comes to sound check. Not this time. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird situation for sure. Do you, um, yeah. What was this whole period of, of, of time off from touring like for you? Because I think that, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of bands, obviously, doing the show, and it seems like it's one thing or the other. People have either been super, super creative and found the time as a way to just, like, churn out so much material and content and songs, and other people have been completely blocked and found they have this time, but they can't make good use of it. What was your experience like? Uh, I think that most people oscillate between the two for sure. I, I think that why people become kind of downtrodden and unmotivated is because it's depressing. Yeah. You know, it's it's actually just depressing. And I think that that's a collective thing that our society is dealing with. A lot of people are out of work. Uh, people can't go visit their families. Or even, you know, people plan for a year that they'll go with their, you know, husband of 10 years uh to buffalo totally. you know to for a weekend away they can't do anything like that uh so there's not a lot of uh there's not a lot of rewards that people have right now and for bands or for people like us we have been very fortunate that we've been working on the record uh and that we have had the time and the bandwidth to do that you know yeah it's tough trying to pay the rent and feed the dogs when you don't have uh, a job yeah um, you know, I know a lot of people who are musicians or writers uh, or makeup artists or, you know, uh, yoga instructors, a lot of people that have had to uh, really, you know, kind of pivot and create other things for themselves, other opportunities or become a dishwasher. Totally. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that there's a lot of that. And that's depressing for people uh, who are over 40. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, who, who are kind of like, what am I going to do? It's scary. And um, most of us don't have savings. You know, our generation is not like our parents. Our parents saved and they had savings. They could retire. Yeah. Most of us will never retire. We'll be working into our 70s. Luckily for us, we live in an, uh, an era of human this planet where people are healthy longer people live longer so they work they work longer you know it's not unusual to see the greeter at walmart be somebody who is 80 yeah yeah you know but they're still making 14 dollars an hour or whatever it is if they're lucky that's if they're mobile yeah you know they're just the pandemic i think has um really exacerbated problems that are already there uh and hopefully because people you know, are more on social media now because they have time. Hopefully the awareness is greater to some of these problems that have always existed, but now they're glaringly obvious in the pandemic. So it's been a real interesting time for everyone, whether they're artists or not. Definitely, definitely.
what has it been like, um, you know, you have an album that you're working on that's going to be coming out. What, what is it like doing that in this time? Because, you know, at least you're touring now, but a lot of the kind of preparation stuff that goes into putting music out in the world, it, it hasn't been possible for in, until very recently. You know, it's been amazing because our record has evolved in the last year. I think the uh, trajectory changed uh, once the pandemic really started to take hold. There was a racial uprising yep. uh, last year. There has been a radical social justice movement that's really happened. And, you know, a lot of people are very disappointed in their governments, in their communities, in their neighborhoods. And as a result, we've got some real thrasher, angry songs on this record. And I'm elated because we would not have probably gone down that road otherwise the pandemic i think for people and having this time uh really made people stop giving up sure 100 percent, yeah and there's something that's very freeing about that in a way uh something very creatively liberating about it so for us it's been very beneficial cool well i think that's something that people uh like about you too is that you have that that punk rock background and that no matter how successful you've been in the past and will be in the future like that's still kind of coursing through your work right is that you have this that that attitude that you probably got in winnipeg when you were starting out is um is is still there oh 100 percent. and i have to credit the guys in my first band you know um Brett worked for Greenpeace, the drummer for Gorilla Gorilla worked for Greenpeace and introduced me to Greenpeace and that type of environmental activism uh, when I was young. I mean, as my own individual uh, person, as preferences go, obviously I'm really in touch with animal activism and and stuff like that. It's really important to me in my life. Uh, So, yeah, definitely coming from Winnipeg has helped. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Winnipeg seems to have a a knack for that uh, for for yeah, people yeah. who have strong values and and strong kind of uh, compassion seem to come out of here and, and be loud about it, which is which is always really cool. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. What is it like coming back here? I mean, I know you you probably come back relatively regularly, just over the years of touring and, and other reasons as well. But you know, you've been sort of. Uh, a former Winnipegger, I guess a lot of people consider you as for so long. What is it like coming back to the city where this all sort of started for you? It's really amazing. I mean, obviously for the last two years, I haven't been able to come back and visit my mom, um, which is just always what I want to do. I just want to spend time with her and see her and my sister. Um, So it's nice to come back there and visit. But at the same time, Winnipeg as a city has really evolved since I've lived there. I moved away uh, with my band. And basically got, you know, stuck living in Vancouver for 30 years. I love Vancouver. Uh, I kind of grew up in a way there. I went through a lot there. Yeah. And then Snake and I moved to Toronto uh, three years ago. And now it's like, you know, we're we're kind of hemming and hawing. Uh, We don't think it's our forever home kind of thing. I really miss Vancouver. but I think that definitely I, I do want to live closer to my mom. Uh, so when I come back to Winnipeg now, I see it with a different lens yeah. always. I see it as a city that's very evolved. I think it's a very diverse city. Um, you know, every city has a vibe in, yeah. in Canada. And, and I've always maintained that there is no more artistic a city than Winnipeg. Yeah. And it is very diverse. Uh, you know, the different communities. It is very, it's just a very 
um, balanced, interesting city with all the same problems of a metropolis. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. But also all the same opportunities and, and really wonderful things. One of the things, I agree with you for sure on that. One of the things that, that comes up a lot on this podcast, regardless of who I'm talking to, is the idea that, that and I'm wondering what your take is on this, that Winnipeg and Manitoba, that we have a very um, strong bullshit detector when it comes to art. And uh-huh. there's definitely like a, if you're faking it, people don't like you here. If you're, if you're being legitimate and genuine and, and putting forth whatever it is, whether it's music or visual art or filmmaking, and it seems genuine and, and true and honest, that Winnipeg tends to gravitate towards it. Do you sort of feel the same way about that? Oh, 100%. And I think that there are a lot of really special talents that's come that have come out of Winnipeg. Uh, and just you talking about film, I have to just say Guy Madden, yeah. uh, who's one of my favorite filmmakers ever, is a Winnipegger. And uh, there's something to that. Even when you mention propaganda, you know, them, Comeback Kid, yeah. Bina Galore. I mean, there are a lot of really amazing, talented creatives that came out of Winnipeg. You know, why? You know, is it because there's nothing to do for kids in winter except hone their art yeah you know it's possible is it because we just all had so much winnipeg angst that we became you know creative people i don't know but i definitely think there's something to it yeah i think that the reason i've been doing this show so long is because i'm trying to figure out what it is (laughs) no one one has a definitive answer yet but yeah (laughs) yeah Um, for sure
you're how many albums are you in now? Nine, nine or ten at this point you've released? Coming up, yeah. How has the sound changed? I mean, I, I know this, you know, this new one, like you said, there's there's going to be more kind of uh, that aggressive response to to world events and things like that. But how do you think that you have sonically changed from when you got started as a solo artist to where you are now? I mean, obviously, uh, people I still think- recognize your sound throughout, but there's the differences. Sure. I think there's a lot of differences for me as a vocalist. My voice has changed as I've gotten older, obviously. Uh, when I listen back to records like Garbificus, to me, I sound like a little kid. Okay. Um, you know, my, my voice was very, it sounded small, like really young. I can yeah. hear how young I was. Um, and so hopefully, I'm a, I always say the same thing. Hopefully, I'm a better singer all the time. I think that on this new record, I tried to go back to my beginnings, my roots, as far as vocal delivery goes. And uh, I can't lie, Doug and Snake kicked my ass, you know, and um, it was really, it was physically very taxing to sing so aggressively and gruffly, (laughs) but very rewarding. No, it was, (laughs) it's going to be, it's really exciting. You know, we're excited about the music. And, uh, and we've all, you know, put a lot of heart into these songs. Um, so I'm eager uh, to get it out, obviously. I'm eager to, to see everyone's faces when they hear our, our super favorite secret songs. You know, it's like, uh, and I think that that is something that never goes away for any artist, no matter how many records you have. Yeah. And, and in this day and age, when the world is all about streaming and Spotify, you know, it tends to rip artists off, not just literally, but our sense of how we want to surprise our audience. You know, we want them to discover the songs in the order that we put them on the CD. That's right. We want them to, to discover it through the journey that we're intentionally setting out for them. Um, so with us, I mean, that's all we can hope for well, is, uh, is that they will go on that trip with us. I'm really glad you said that because I'm, I'm like a Luddite who listens to physical media only. I haven't got into streaming or anything. And yeah. I've always wondered how people deal with that because, you know, you're making something that has a, a track listing in a certain order for a reason. Yeah. Does, does the, the idea that people are probably going to be listening to it in a random order, does that affect the songwriting at all or the way you kind of set them up on, on the album? Or do you just is it just sort of a hazard of the business at this point? It is definitely a hazard of the business, but our response to it initially wanted, we wanted to do it where we released uh, the singles one at a time because it was really an intention that we wanted to set. So we, you know, in 2020 February, we released Jim yeah, uh, because we wanted Jim. It, it's a unique song. Uh, it's not like any other song on the record. It's very dramatic, but it's still dark enough uh, and you know, kind of introspective. Um, and sonically, it's unique and is an evolved sound we're very proud of. Uh, so we wanted to release that first, and we did. And we were planning to follow it up with Broke Into Your Car last year. Yeah. But then as the year progressed with the pandemic and then with George Floyd and then everything that was going on with Suetin, and it was just like, man, my record just did not seem important anymore. So we just were like, let's just hold up, hold up right now. These other things are just... Uh, they're just more important yeah. in the news. They don't. They don't need me sitting there in their timeline, going, you know, get the new record now, <laughs> get it hit. Like, who gives a shit, you know? So we wanted to wait, and I'm glad that we did. Uh, but now, you know, we're still wanting to do things the same way, where we we kind of feel like, you know, we want 
things to be really specific and in a certain order. So definitely the tracks will be listed in the order we want them listened to. Okay. That, well, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that because, you know, there's, there are a few yeah. of us out there who are still buying CDs. <laughs> We're dwindling. Our numbers are dwindling. <laughs> gra- yeah, we are. Yeah. The yeah. gumdrops. Yeah. Um, with those social issues like you're talking about that have sort of obviously impacted the, the release schedule of this and impacted everyone's, everyone's lives worldwide, do you feel like your platform... Um, that you are able to make use of your platform to, to address some of these things and to point people in the direction of resources and things like that? I hope so. I mean, that's all I can say. And, you know, I have, um, I try and reshare a lot of things that are important to me or dear to my heart. And, uh, you know, the, the thing with being, uh, being online is you have to be prepared for people to basically call you a fucking liar. Yeah. yeah. Or they uh, accuse you of being performative. And, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Absolutely nothing. If someone wants to accuse you of being a performative activist, it doesn't matter because I'm still going to share the link that needs to be shared. I'm still going to share the fundraiser that I'm just trying to amplify for somebody. Um, I see a lot of my friends who are on social media, some of whom are celebrities who just get shit talked all the time and they respond and they have rebuttals and, and they just get consumed in this, this cycle of uh, responding to that stuff. I don't play. I yeah. just can't. I'm too fucking old. I just delete it usually, or I just leave it up there and you know, they fight amongst themselves. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. I, I think the thing for us um, you know, in a number of areas, not just like for me as a, as a woman, as a feminist, as a white woman, as a cis yeah. white woman in the world. Um, it, I just have to not worry about, um, you know, being lumped in with all the other cis hat white women that I hate too. <laughs> I can't worry. I can't worry about it. I just have to do uh, what is authentic for me and what uh, resonates with my heart. And that's why I share those things on social media. And I, I hope to be able to do more all the time. Cool. Well, and that kind of goes, uh, connects with what we were saying before too, about being genuine and everything through music as well. I mean, having that kind of, this is me, this is what I believe in. These are my values sort of putting it out there is, yeah, it's the same kind of, uh, same kind of brain mindset, I guess. Exactly. Diamonds that are made of tears When the clamps begin to tighten on earth 
usually when I do these shows, I ask the artists sort of where people can find their music. Your music is widely available. I think that most people listening will have probably have some of your CDs or know where to get them. But what's the best way at this point to find out about, you know, where you're playing shows in the future, um, where to get your new record when it comes out, things like that? Usually I'm on Twitter almost every day. Uh, with Facebook, I really oscillate on deleting it every single week. I don't know if I'm going to delete it or not because it's so frustrating for me. Yeah. Um, I tend to get the most derogatory comments on Facebook for whatever reason. I don't get them on other platforms. Uh, Instagram is uh, very fun and enjoyable for anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's a really it's a creative outlet for people. TikTok, I'm trying to get into, but I feel kind of. Uh, I feel really stupid when it comes to TikTok, so I just basically put up videos of myself torturing Snake um, in the morning, and that's what I'll or my dog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm learning. Um, but yeah, they can find me in any of those platforms. It's usually if they just Google Biff Naked, it'll come up. You'll come up. I'm yeah. on. Tw- I'm on Twitter almost every day. Cool. And when is the record actually coming out? Is there a release date for that yet? From your mouth to God's ears, my friend. We were gonna uh, put it out in. Uh, in September of 2020, and then we were going to put it out uh, 2021 in the summer, and now we're still uh, we're still debating. I don't think it's going to be very long before it's out, but we'll definitely let everyone know well in advance. Cool, very cool.
kissing you.